You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. While you were skipping stones, building forts and flying kites, I was missing school and on my Saturday nights. Other kids were climbing trees and rolling down hills. I was singing songs to pay my family's bills. Little me. Hello, I'm Mark Tuminelli, and welcome back to Little Me Growing Up Broadway. I have such a special episode for you, and I cannot wait for you to listen to it. My guest today is Aileen Quinn. At the age of nine, Aileen shot to stardom when she took over the title role in the 1982 film version of Annie, starring Carol Burnett and Albert Finney. Her other credits include the Broadway production of Annie, the national tour and Broadway production of Peter Pan, starring Kathy Rigby, Molly in the unsinkable Molly Brown, Hava in the national tour of Fiddler on the Roof, Bet in the paper mill production of Oliver, Annette in the first national tour of Saturday Night Fever, and Princess Zora in the film The Frog Prince. Recently, Aileen was seen as Ramona Delaney on NBC's reboot of Will and & Grace, and her band Aileen Quinn and the Leapin' Lizards have released two albums, Spin Me and Lightning and & Thunder, with a third album on its way. Since I could remember, the Annie movie has been seared into my brain. I know like every second of this film. I know I'm not alone when I talk about how magical that movie was for me personally as a theater kid, just the truest Broadway gateway drug. I am so obsessed with Aileen's performance in that movie, it is beyond perfect. Many, many years later, I met with Aileen about teaching at Broadway Workshop, and we had an instant friendship. It's been such a dream to get to know her beyond the nine-year-old version of her that's frozen in my memory. She is such a talented, warm, kind, creative, smart human, and I'm so thrilled that you're going to get to know her a little bit more through this interview. So thank you so much for listening. I know you're going to have a blast. I have to thank my producer, Brittany Bigelow, at the Broadway Podcast Network for all her help putting together today's episode. Have a great time. Enjoy it. Let me know what you think. Follow us on Instagram at Podcast. Follow Aileen on Facebook. Um, She's so amazing at getting back to all the fans who have the most wonderful memories of the film like I do. So enjoy my interview with Miss Aileen Quinn. Hi, Aileen Quinn. How are you? Hello, Mr. Mark. How are you? Long time no talk. (laughs) I know. I'm so, so thrilled to get to catch up with you on the Little Me podcast because you are the ultimate dream child star that I had to hear their story. (laughs) Oh, wow. Dream child star. Wow. It's quite a title, Mark. (laughs) I know, but it's true. It's true. So before we talk about the greatest movie of my childhood and obviously yours, I want to go back a little (laughs) further. When did your mom realize that she had to get you in show business? What was happening around the house, Aileen? Well, she didn't. What was happening is that mom was still kind of in show business with her toe in because she was now a mom of two children and a full-time school teacher, but she decided to, even though she had been at a higher level, to continue in community theater. So she was rehearsing, and I was going to her rehearsals for Bye Bye Birdie at that time, 
friends sitting in the audience and watching her and just soaking it up. So I, when she was auditioning for her next show, ironically, another Annie, Annie Gets Your Gun, said, I would like to audition for one of the kids. Can I do that? And she said, but you don't know what song to sing. You don't know any songs. You've never auditioned. You're, you've been in dance school since you were three, but you, you don't, you do a song? I said, yeah, I can do that one you've been working on for your audition. And she said, well, let's hear it. And so I didn't. She's like, you're right. I think you can go to the audition with me, but separately as me. So she made me fill out all my own forms, et cetera, et cetera. And I did get pitched that day. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to ask you in the quick fire, but I'm going to ask you now, what was that song? Yes. Well, yes, I was going to say it makes for a great quick fire, but I will tell you because it's hilarious and kind of funny with the lyrics were. Um, yes, her song would have been, I'm just a girl who can't say no. Great. <laughs> <laughs> At seven years old. Very well, appropriate song. <laughs> it's, it sounds very appropriate to me. So from there, you started doing kind of community theater. Is that where like Edie Roth, manager to the child stars, like scooped you up? Yes. I love that you're bringing up Edie. Oh my gosh. She discovered so many of us when we were just knee high to a grasshopper. Yeah. Um, she saw me playing baby June in one of those productions, doing my cartwheels and my little curly blonde wig. Cause I am not a blonde as many people know and twirling on, you know, doing pirouettes and being baby June. And she just said, Oh my God, you're so cute. Frankly, I have to work with you. <laughs> so, and so- yeah. Was the first set of things like commercials? I know you did what planters, cheese balls, yes. shake and bake, bathroom tissue. Like you hit a lot of commercials. Planters, kid. cheese balls. We said that one. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I was like on a commercial roll. I guess I had that all American face at the time for the, for oh that era. Yeah. Now mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know this about you. Before the Annie movie, you were part of the Annie Broadway cast as a swing, which was, uh, I guess, your first Broadway show. Um, Tell me about joining the cast of Annie, which had to have been the most exciting thing to get to do as a kid. I can't even imagine what that felt like. Well, it was. And again, on that audition, that was not my mom saying I should do that. That audition that day was, I believe, because they were replacing the swing orphan. So they had already been cast and been through several Annie's and several versions. So they were plugging in a new swing. So I believe there were hundreds of us that auditioned that day. But what I do remember is that was just supposed to be a fun girl girls day out in the city with a little audition in, you know, for a Broadway show in the middle. Uh, my mom's friend, Jeanette, was a beautiful singer and had a career herself in Broadway and opera. And she said, I'll take her because my mom was like, you know, basically like, we'll go for it, but I want no parts of that. And so Jeanette took me and we spent a whole day, including where I had to take a lunch break and someone I would meet years later, who I believe is still in theater, Haley. We ate at McDonald's for a lunch break. (laughs) And my first assignment when I got the role that day, he said, so by the way, Aileen, have you seen the show? And I said, no. And he said, your first assignment is to go sit in the back of the house at the sound booth and watch the darn show before you start rehearsals tomorrow. (laughs) So you booked it the day you auditioned? Yes. And that's happened to me several times in my career. I've done like all day auditions, even as an adult, where I kind of know the same day or maybe the next day. So I have done a few of those. Usually when you're a plug in, you know, if they already have the show up and running, you know, they're just they want someone who's quick and just can get in there. And I guess I'm that girl. And so you're, you're that girl, um, the girl who can't say no. Now, they uh, <laughs> exactly. You joined the cast as a swing covering all the orphans. Was that your original job? Correct. There? Everybody except for Molly and Annie. 
Correct. I was not old enough or tall enough, apparently, for Annie. And I guess I was too much so for Molly. So all the other orphans, which I believe are like four or five others. So it it was busy enough. It didn't matter. (laughs) That was enough. That was good. And uh, (laughs) was Allison Smith Annie then? Correct. Correct. And so how long did you do that show before the auditions came up for the movie? Well, so then we get a lot of overlap because I had been in the show, I guess, for a couple of months. And then all of us started auditioning for the film because they were doing this big nationwide search. So while I'm doing the swing and going on pretty much, because I think I joined in like late summer, early fall, there was a lot of sickness and flu and whatever. I did get to go on a lot, at least once a week, sometimes twice, and sometimes two characters in one. That was a whole other interesting complication. And you were so like eight, girls hold the phone. You were eight yes, years old. Yes, I'm eight. I just turned eight. Correct. I'm not so even eight and a half yet. Yeah. Doing split tracks, eight years old, is mm-hmm. mind-blowing to me. Um, so <laughs> I guess you showed them that you're a little star. <laughs> well, I guess I showed you can plug me right in, like we said. Yes. Plug me in. So, so everyone's go. going so to the movie anyway, audition. Keep going. Yeah, yeah. So I'm meeting Garrison True for the first time. And because I was such a theater girl in both community and regional and then working my way to Broadway, at this point, I had like a good seven shows maybe under my belt as a child between seven and eight. Like I guess in that year, yeah, I was really busy. I guess I did a show like every couple of months while I was going to school too. So I was used to this theater thing, but all of a sudden I'm going to movie auditions and Garrison's like, that box over there is Sandy. So sing to Sandy, sing that song maybe, and tell Sandy how you feel. And I'm like, to the box? And he's like, yep. And I was like, okay. And that's when I learned the difference between film and theater. So when did you find out that you were going to be Annie in the movie? So the auditions went for a long time. So I'm doing the show. And at about the six month or seventh month mark of me doing the Broadway show, I actually had to tell Martin Charnin that I had to leave because when they got down to three finalists over like, you know, seven months of auditions, eight months, they said, if you're the top three, you're at least going to be an orphan or you're going to be Annie at this point. So whatever you're doing, you have to go out to L.A. now and do the screen test and leave your job. So I had to go into Martin's office and tell him that I was going to go to Hollywood and leave awesome Broadway. Now, did he want you to stay in the show? <laughs> he did because he was about to give me a promotion in a couple of months because Allison had been in her run for a while, maybe two years. Fact check that. But she had been there for a while. And she was ready to move on to other things. And I was finally tall enough and old enough and trusted enough to be Annie. So apparently, either way, I was going to be Annie that year. Martin said, I have something exciting to tell you. I'm glad you called this meeting or whatever your mom did. And I said, well, I have something to tell you first. And so, yeah, I went first. But then he told me his news. (laughs) Well, I think you picked the right you picked the right one to do. Annie the Did movie. I? Because, you yes. know, I'm such a Broadway girl, too. Know. So, you know, it, that's a tough choice. That is a tough one. And I've heard some of your other interviews and other people have been at these crossroads. With, is it, you know, TV, film or Broadway? It's, it's a tough one. Well, listen, <laughs> that movie changed my life and it changed the life of so many kids. Me too. And adults. Me too. So, and obviously you. So now you're, 
obviously you're in this top three for playing the most coveted role, child role certainly <laughs> in the world. Um, when was the date that you knew that it was you and you were going to play this part? Well, pretty much after the screen test and like within that same week in LA when we're up at the hotel, you know, over there at Universal and we're hanging out and Garrison came to the hotel room and the famous story is I was playing Jax and he starts this like serious speech, which he was really fun with us kids. He was never so serious. So all of a sudden he starts this speech like it was a year ago today that we started our search for Annie. You came in and here it is a year later. And then, you know, you are Annie. And I said, what? And he said, no, seriously, you're Annie. And I only believed him when he showed me the next day's press schedule, which I believe my mom and I are, again, fact check this. I thought it was the Today Show, but whatever that first show was where I met Carol and John Hughes and all the photographers were there, he showed me that schedule for 6 or 7 a.m. for the next day. And he's like, no, it's real. Here's your press schedule. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I thought I was going to fall, like, off the you know, the, the, the floor of the bed, whatever. I said, wow. And I said, my brother's never going to believe this. <laughs> I guess first thing I said. I mean, speaking of family, <laughs> how did your mom react to this level of continued success and continued success and then this huge film that's about to start filming? How did your mom deal with all that? I, I think she was really in shock because, like I said, although she had been in the business herself and so had my grandmother before her, so I've got, like, third generation, uh, you know, I can't fight it. It's in the blood. <laughs> um, she did. She was also protective of it, too, because, you know, she knew the business. So I don't think she was one of those typical moms that was like, oh, go, like, go, go, go. But she did see that I enjoyed it. And I seem to excel in certain areas. So she was supportive, but I don't think she was like, oh, you have to do this. And as a matter of fact, when I met John Houston for the first time, that was the day that apparently he knew as a director, like three months into my auditions, and then I would have to leave like three months later, he knew that I was probably going to be Annie if I passed all the singing and dancing tests. And that's the day my mom, because that meeting was so quick, said, I think you lost the job. You know, let's go have a nice lunch together. Again, let's have a girl's day out. She always made, she's always thinking I'm losing jobs. To this day, it's, it's actually good. When she thinks I'm losing jobs, that's when I usually book them. So that's <laughs> kind of funny, actually. I noticed that. <laughs> so she really thought I lost it. So she was just as in shock as I was when Garrison told us both and we went to press the next day. So yeah, we were, they're shocked. Oh my God. What do you remember most about filming? Obviously that had to have feel so daunting to be in this big Hollywood movie with moving cameras. I mean, obviously you're somewhat used to it from doing commercials, but this isn't a completely different level. I mean, it was one of the most right. expensive films made that year. Um, what do you remember about filming most? Surprisingly, it was not stressful or whatever, because even though I didn't have that experience and sometimes John Houston's film language would escape me, you have to remember I was working with these amazing actors. I mean, obviously, and some of them, are, unfortunately, are no longer with us. We've lost such great people in the past couple of years. But, um, you know, Albert was right by my side. Anne was right by my side. They were so experienced. Carol Burnett. So they would kind of like guide me. So if, if John would say something, well, the camera's going to pan over here or do this. And I turned to Albert and I go, what, what what's he saying there? <laughs> He's like, Oh, they're going to, they're going to follow you. There's a word. We just keep doing what we're doing. We still hit the mark that he told us to do in rehearsal and it's going to follow you. That's what that means. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> so, I mean, so what I a, wasn't what a dream. I, yeah. What a wonderful group of people that took care of you and didn't try to like, you know, weren't horrible to you. Cause that would have changed that. No. Entire- and as a matter of fact, I would say that they were extra protective of me. I mean, even Bernadette Peters was just so loving and gave me like a gift. The first day she worked with me, this pillow, which I still have to this day filled with potpourri. I mean, just so kind. They were all like aunts and depending on their age and, and mothers and, and, you know, grandfathers, John, she's like, they were all like family. They really were. They protected me. Now I have a real question. So after you finished shooting <laughs> this film, you guys had a little mini break and then you came back to do a bunch of reshoots, which um, Carol Burnett talks about that she had her chin done in between the break and coming back. And so Miss oh Hennigan has, has a different face for some <laughs> of the scenes in the movie. But um, I didn't you, know that. <laughs> yeah, it's a good, good trivia, but what do you remember about the opening? Because that was a completely refilmed that maybe with you in the window was all filmed after that. What do you remember about the original? Yes, yeah. that I do remember. I'm glad you said that because I had forgotten that we had gone back and done shots. You know, you're a kid, so there's only yeah. so much you, you remember. And then you're like, oh, yeah, mom, that did happen, right? Yeah, she, she's my reference. She was there for the whole thing, luckily. So, um, no, you're right. Um, that was weird because I believe that's when we came to kind of where I'm living now. I believe that's when we came over to Culver City or maybe that was on Universal. But either way, it was on the lot, the New York lot. So that, yeah, that would have been Universal. And we went up in that, um, like a fake, like like a facade. So again, the difference between film and theater. So we're up in this, you know, facade and it was kind of scary. I'm, I'm not really a heights girl, but I'm, I'm you know, having to in both in theater and in film get over my fear of that. But yes, I, I am not the most, you know, <laughs> heights girl. <laughs> so I remember sitting up there and being a little bit you know, scared, but there's, again, they were so cautious with a child and there was someone always by my side or underneath me if it was up there. So that's what I remember being high and, and yes, but very intimate, like, again, like film, which is one of the things I like about film. So yeah. The original opening was much bigger, right? There was like a big opening number. Yes. And I believe they did that with Easy Street became a whole reshoot. There were a couple of reshoots. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, so yeah, they went, this, they went more intimate basically in the end. That's yeah. cause easy street, the same thing. And I actually love what they, I remember the, that one I do actually remember seeing for some reason scenes from that later in life, but I really, yeah, they went like out they into the street, them in the place. Yeah. Yes. Which is cool. And they do so much now, even on TV musicals, but I actually love the intimacy and the dynamics between them when they reshot that. Yeah. Well, cause it makes it feel like Broadway. It makes it feel like them in the office and, you know, having those moments. Yeah. Um, exactly. What do you remember about the movie premiere? Because that had to be an exhilarating night for you. Oh, it was amazing. And because, you know, first of all, it was Radio City Music Hall. So, of course, you have like, you're just in front of everybody. And I believe we rose up. That's the first time I've done that. I've done that at Disney um, since, which we'll talk about later. But I, we came from underground and rose up on the stage. So that was incredible and exciting with the cast. And seeing all those, you know, the number mark, I forget what, how many seats are on Radio City, but it's a lot. Yes. <laughs> so that was pretty exciting. And um, I believe that's that's the first time, but I would meet them again as well, that I met um, our current president at the time, and I, the first lady. I met Nancy Reagan that night, whose favorite color is red, as it turns out. Perfect. So she wore her red dress and I wore mine, and we took lots of photos together, and I met her, and she was lovely. And there you go. I'm already meeting, you know, <laughs> president's wife. <laughs> oh, my lady. God. So this movie comes out and you're, every kid wants to be you. You're on a doll. You're many dolls. You're on a lunchbox. <laughs> you're on every single 
late night show. You're on Johnny Carson. You're at the White House. What about you get a Golden Globe nomination? I mean, crazy things. Yeah, and a youth and I and I win a youth and film awards. I forget yeah, what happened I mean, later then. Yes. Yeah, that's that's a lot for a then ten year old to sort of handle, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> well, again, you would think so, but again, this goes back to the family and the parenting. And when I was on Broadway, I forgot to mention they were all taking their turns taking me from the Pennsylvania suburbs to commute an hour and a half to New York every day. I lived one of the furthest away, so it's always been like a team. Like even though they said, "Wow, you're you're crazy to do this business," they were all very supportive, including dad and brother and everybody, even even the men who definitely were not into show business and were more business. Um, they were very supportive, so. You know, even though I was on my face was on a doll when it was my turn to do the dishes that night for chores, you know, mom's like, yeah, you, you might your doll just might have come out this week and you might be in a lunchbox, but it's your night to do dishes. <laughs> and my brother um, would be like, yeah, yeah, it is your night. Do you so have you that stuff? Do you have all the dolls in the lunchbox? Do you have everything? My mom does. Mom is so good, you know, oh my keeping God. things all organized. I gotta get my hands on that. <laughs> Ah! <laughs> I'll warn her. Okay. <laughs> I know it's that I just can't get over how much merchandise there was. Um, and you, I know you went on tour for like a year promoting the film as well. Once it came out, right? Yes. And it was international. So again, here I am, this kid from the Pennsylvania suburbs, you know, who had worked on Broadway and stuff, but you know, essentially a suburbs kid. And now I'm meeting like the princesses of Spain. I'm meeting Prince Philip. I mean, I'm meeting royalty now. So now we've gone from you know, first lady here and now we're going to the royalty of European royalty. Right. No. I'm giving speeches in Spanish. The first time I'm speaking Spanish. Yeah, I, have I was to wondering if speeches in other languages. Yes. yes. Yeah. You mm -hmm. um, we'll get to it in a minute, but you've become this big, you know, you're you speak Spanish fluently. You have a degree and like you're a very smart lady. But do you think that tour really <laughs> helped you sort of want to be more worldly? Did, did that really open your I eyes? do. And maybe that led to we'll get to that what I studied in college as well. I didn't I didn't think about it at the time, but you, probably because I really saw that not only when I toured our country and had interviews in, in the U.S., and which I've done on my tours, which we'll also talk about, but that's the first time I had like seen the world. So I realized, oh, wow, there's there's a different way that people do things. They, they eat their meals differently. Like they, I, I started to see that people are just like us, but yet different. And that's probably what sparked that interest to want to be part of the world, not just uh, the U.S. Yeah. We have to talk about your seven-year hold that happened following <laughs> the movie that a lot of people don't know about. And this is sort of very old Hollywood. But can you tell us a little bit about what your contract deal was following that movie? Yeah. So it's, you know, it's something whether I hesitate to talk about, but people should know because, uh, and again, I mean, I made the right decision, as you would say, because like you're going to turn down meeting royalty and the first lady and you know, diplomatic children of Washington at the party, like and filming a movie with all those people I worked with and we all love. So I made the right decision. But also with me leaving the Broadway show, you had to sign a contract that said that they would make probably three Annie movies. At that time, they were really big on that. If you think about that in the early 80s, like whether it's Karate Kid or um, Back to the uh, Future, Superman. like everything. Yeah, exactly. yes. yeah, it was always in threes. Okay, so that's what the goal was the studio so it was very much I guess like those old studio deals you hear about so you had to sign a seven-year contract and I did meet with the director for the second one and did see a script for the second one after this year of touring the world and promoting the first one 
um, because I think it was mostly well-received. So we were going to make a second one. It was going to be more based on the comic strip. It was a pretty exciting script. But for some reason, it never came to fruition. I have no idea why. They just kept saying, oh, no, we're working on the script. Oh, that didn't happen. So meanwhile, I was bound contractually and had to turn down some sitcom offers that came in and some other TV stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, that but it's going to bring you back to your love of theater, which we're going to talk about. You made a (laughs) record during that time. Columbia Records let you cut uh, a record called Bobby's Girl, which has also kind of influenced musically where you are now uh, a little bit. Oh, and again, I didn't like consciously do that, but it it just shows you how much they say in a child that I'm anything that you experience influence you later. It really is true. So, yeah, we did this album, Bobby's Girl, with a famous, you know, Gary Klein, who's worked with, like, everybody, including, I believe, Barbara Streisand, like, everybody. Um, and because it was Columbia, they allowed me to do it. But, of course, ironically, he would like me to do um, more of an updated, like, 50s, 60s style for a lot of the songs. Some were 70s, too, I believe, like, You Make Me Feel Like Dancing or whatever. But it was a lot of 50s, 60s pop. And we were updating it and doing mixes. <laughs> I loved being in the studio. I loved how detailed it was. I found that I liked that as much as performing live in a different way. I really liked working in the studio on vocals and he was amazing. So, right. So then we did this album, Bobby's Girl, but then we couldn't really promote it. So I believe there's like not that many copies of that. I just, I ordered one on eBay three weeks ago so that we could talk about it today, but it's not coming till next week. So I will, as as soon as it comes, I'll call you and we'll talk through it. Um, so in addition to making the record, you kind of go back to doing big regional jobs because you could do those. You did Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz and Kim and Bobby Birdie, and you got to do Shenandoah and A, a Day in yes. Hollywood and lots of lots of really nice roles in theater. Um, how weird was that? Like you're a movie star now. The people know who you are and you're doing like regional <laughs> theater. Did that feel weird for you or where were you at mentally while you were doing all those jobs? Well, in these ages, I would be mostly in my teen years. So the good news is that while I was under the this contract pretty much from the age of 11 to 18. I really never stopped working in regional theater. And then that would continue, but we'll get to the break at 18 for school. But besides, you know, it just, it kept me working pretty much every summer, every summer I would do a show. So that's where you get into all of those. And yeah, it would be funny in, in different casts. Some people would be um, more shocked than others, you know, but, but at the same time, I felt like they were really excited in most cases, like more, more excited than anything and would try to, if they were my dance partner in a show, like bye bye birdie, like, are you okay? How was that lift? Like they were extra nice. And again, extra supportive. I was, I was very blessed in my, my early years of doing everything because everyone was just like on the Annie set, very supportive. I would say. How were Plus, kids the in- director I was working. Oh, good. No, no, you finished up. Tell me about the director. Uh, so so, so the, one of the directors I worked with a lot who kept asking me back had known my mother back when she was in the business on the national tour level and all of that. He had had a lot of experience. So luckily Lee understood and probably protected me as well as the director. How were kids in like regular school with you? Was that a hard thing to navigate? Uh, 
Well, the strangest thing, going back to the Annie times before my doing theater, the strangest thing was having your best friend that you went to sleepovers with that she hosted a lot because she had a good house for that uh, for many years. And all of a sudden, when you come back in sixth grade, she's like, Aileen, I I think I want to ask you for your autograph. And I said, Amanda, are you crazy? Like, I just went to your sleepover like a year ago before I did all this craziness. Like, what do you mean you want my autograph? And she's like, I said, we just like played Barbie. We just slept over. And she's like, yeah, but I think I want your autograph. <laughs> so that, that was strange. I mean, Stuff like it's, that. it's a weird thing to navigate. And you also um, had your first kiss on stage in Shenandoah. Is that, is that right? <laughs> yeah, it's like literally. Okay, that was really funny because, again, talking about that protectiveness. So Lee had known my mom, knew my mom, you know, as a school teacher and strict, you know, religious person. So he, he knew, you know, he had to protect me. So we have a scene where I do get married and we go off into the tent, you know, <laughs> Shenandoah. Oh, and, no. You know, it was legit. It was their honeymoon. Their honeymoon. I but know Shenandoah. Don't worry. But yeah. So, I mean, and we do get this, this tent silhouette scene, which some fans, by the way, in the audience were a little upset about that. But that was really funny. That was the first role I'd probably be started to become a woman on stage in regional theater. And, yes, yeah, some fans had difficulty with the tent scene. But before that, we have the wedding. And I kiss him. And because I was very sheltered, like I said, and a good girl and very shy, and the guy that was playing the other character, you know, uh, was, was more life experienced, a little bit older, was told to behave himself. So we would go kiss, kiss, kiss in rehearsal. Every rehearsal when it got to that part, we'd, we'd fake and put our cheeks together, kiss, kiss, kiss. So finally, we yelled out the night of dress rehearsal. We went kiss, kiss, kiss. He goes, no, I want to see it. Kiss her now. Kiss. <laughs> so oh that my was God. my first kiss in dress rehearsal the day before the opening. So at the age Talk of six, blushing. I know I can't even imagine at the age of 16, you're finally kind of released from this. Is that why you got to do the frog prints? Closer to 17, closer to 17. Closer to 17. So, yes. And that's why, yeah, it might've been like 16 and a half. I suppose so that why I could do the frog prints. Yes. Yes. Correct. So yeah. I played, was almost 17 then playing God. 12. I believe. You look <laughs> so young in it. So um, the frog mm-hmm. prince was this big movie that you made in Israel, right? Where you played the lead princess. Zora and you sing that great song lucky day that I've always really Uh loved um how did it feel to be back making like a big movie again it felt good and then this time the person that was the writer director who was like up and coming Jackson she's really cool name Jackson Hunsaker she really said she had me in mind when she wrote it of course she had to audition me but she had me in mind and was probably waiting for that contract to expire and she said on the set she's like Oh my God, I just love working with you. I felt the same way about her. That was my first female director. Actually, even in theater, that was my first female director. Wow. And she gave me a nickname that I use to this day, even with my friends and even with my band. Uh, she called me AQ. She's like, hey, AQ, come over here. I want to talk about this theme. Let's, let's, let's dig into this. And I loved it. She gave me a little nickname and we, it was it was great. I loved and working with her. I didn't realize until today, Helen Hunt is also in that movie with you, right? Yes. And she is responsible. Yeah. She's so funny in this movie because she plays so mean. Oh my God. My mom to this day can still joke and think about her saying, go play with your ball. She loves the way she said that. Go play with your ball. She was so mean to me, but she is like so good. And yet in real life, she was again, so kind, so lucky. And she gave me my first Madonna CDs for my birthday. Oh my God. That, actually, it was a, actually, it was a tape. It I was, was like, it had to have been yeah, a cassette. Um, yeah, I know. I, I, didn't want, I didn't want the young kids to be offended by that. But yeah, it was a cassette. I'm not going to lie to you. All right. Aileen, young kids don't even know what a CD is. So there's no point. Just, just say whatever. Explaining cassette tape. 
but I love that movie and I loved watching it. And Disney Channel used to play it all the time. It's just, it's such a great little yes. film. And uh, I'm they so did. glad God that bless them. Yes. you got to do that. <laughs> um, yes, and I got to see Israel in a beautiful country. I mean, I mean, there was cool. a lot going on back then in the 80s, but beautiful, beautiful There's country. always a lot yep. going on in Israel. All right, so you, <laughs> There's always a lot going on everywhere. You right. take kind of a little break after high school from performing and you go to college and you're a graduate of Drew University and you have a, you're a language major and a minor in political science, and maybe you're going to go change the world and work for the UN. Talk to me about, yes. talk to me about <laughs> this 18 year old, you know, seven year old girl who's, who spent her whole life on stage and a whole life making movies and albums and doing, uh, you know, community and regional theaters. And how do you make the decision to say, I'm going to take a little break and see what else is there? Oh, oh, to take the break. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So after doing all that and doing the Frog Prince movie and the, the contract is finally lifted, you know, I had been taking Spanish in high school and was excelling at it. It was my favorite class. And at that time, I started to say, well, what other things am I going to take in college when you're looking at the course? I knew I wanted to go to college. And of course, I was going to have no choice in that whether I wanted to because my mom was a school teacher. But no yeah, your mom was not going to So either way, I was you. going to college. Yes. Right. And mom was right. As, she, as you and I talk about that, she always is. So yes, I was going to go to college either way and wanted to because I really liked school. I was one of those high school nerds. I really was. So I wanted to go. And when I started to see these courses in political science, I thought, well, that's how I could tie this in. That's before I even knew that Shirley Temple like, totally did this. But I had my <laughs> own idea of like, well, maybe I could somehow, like you said, save the world, whatever that means, and feed the world and do all this Peace Corps and all this stuff. And I could do that as a diplomat. And since I speak Spanish, I guess it should be a foreign country. So I decide definitely to take time off. And as a matter of fact, Edie was still my agent at this time, speaking of Edie. And I remember she was not happy about that. I'm like, I'm definitely going to take four years off. And I'm going to do this. I'm going to learn about politics and the world and foreign studies. And I'm going to get better at Spanish. And I did. I became a uh, member of the Spanish Honors Society, which my mom always laughs at that because you say Sigma does the pee into the pie. <laughs> and I loved it. So I did all that. And I went to South America and living there in Chile for six or seven months, uh, first semester and then a little time afterwards, I wanted to explore and travel was amazing. I was only doing my classes in Spanish only speaking Spanish with my host family, eating their food, their culture. I was completely immersed and I loved oh, it. I love it. And it was almost hard to come back to America actually at first because I really got into that culture. It was, it, I, again, it was another experience like after promoting Annie, it was, it really left, um, and to this day, um, a mark on me in a good way. I was like, wow, that's something really special. So that was the goal was to come back and do the, the Peace Corps, but then through a connection I had to my very best friend, Christine, which her sister is still doing to this day, her sister was in the UN. And the story goes that I came back and I finished um, a semester early, which Edie was happy about, that I finished in three and a half years, <laughs> not four, so she gained a semester. And then she said, so you're going to go on this audition for Fiddler next week. And I said, no, Tuesday's my UN interview. I just got this interview, this is a prestigious UN. And she's like, no, you're going, you're going for Havala, you're going in. And, you know, you made me wait three and a half years, you're going. And I said, oh my God, you're killing me. I said, I don't even know if I'm in shape. And she's like, you're going. So that's one of those where it was somehow, I think we postponed the UN interview. I forget how that all worked. But I went all day in the morning, did all the singing and the reading and whatever. And then in the afternoon dance. And then I might've read with someone because again, it was a plug-in. So I might've read with a current uh, um uh, what's his name? Oh my God, I'm blanking out. What a great show. Oh my that gosh, my Fiatka? man. Fiatka? 
Yeah, Fienta. Hello. Yes. I know it's an F. I was trying to get the F. Fienta. <laughs> so I'm I'm like reading with my Fienta. And so and then I got it in one day. And Edie's like, well, you're going to do the gig, right? So yes, Edie, I did the gig. <laughs> yes, so that yes. is how it, you got drawn back in because it, then there's like a long series and you don't really stop touring. You do Fiddler no. and you play Hava opposite Theodore Bikel, which is like, how exciting is that to do? I'm sure. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. Oh, he was amazing. That's another loss that we've had within the past, you know, five yeah. years. Yeah, really. Right. And then I went on straight into Peter Pan with which Kathy what you did the, and that yeah. whole gang. And that tour came to Broadway. And then yes, we sat down on Broadway for a bit. Right. The Saturday right. Night Fever tour, which we're going to talk about. You yes. Played- you play bet in in Oliver a paper mill like you're working. Yeah, that that kind of the, the bet in Oliver first. by the way might have yeah. come right before the the UN Fiddler. interview and doing Fiddler. So I think that came in there first actually. Yes, paper mill playhouse, which is a wonderful place to work as well. But recently, like, that was great. You really yeah. are working nonstop doing you know yeah in doing theater the job. Um, and I know Saturday Night Fever was a really special show for you to get to tour and play Annette in the Broadway national tour of that and uh, take that yeah. around the country. Um, I'm wondering if, you know, getting to play a real adult, you know, in a show was like such a game changer for you. It actually was. And it led to everything I'm doing now and probably will to future roles, which we'll talk about that. Yes, exactly. And that's, you know, it's really interesting. I know I've been talking about my mom a lot. We're obviously very close. Uh, We're friends and mother, daughter, and she knows the business so she can relate. So when I vent to her, she gets it. (laughs) She knows. (laughs) So what's interesting with, uh, um, my mom was, um, just much like Edie for years. And and actually Edie saw the gypsy runter and she said the same thing. Both of, both of them kind of probably saw me as, you know, a little girl, even though I got married in Shenandoah and, and things like that, they, they probably saw me still as, um, a girl. And after the opening night in Chicago, I said to my mom, I was so nervous of what she was going to think of this show and this role, you know, me being the condoms girl and all that, you know, (laughs) I was a little nervous. And she came backstage and she said, oh my gosh, that was wonderful. Who was that woman on the stage? And she called me a woman for the first time. And I went, wow, <laughs> like she really liked it. And I said, you're not offended by this show in any way. You're upset. And she goes, I love it. And she goes, this is the first role where I can really see all three of your skills in one role, even though I didn't dance as, as much as some of the extraordinary dancers in that show. Man, do I need some dancers? Um, she's like, you got to to dance and really do dramatic acting and sing your most soulful that I've ever seen you do in any other role. She's like, it was quite a blend for you that she said as a performer, she liked watching you do. It, and that was does, like, wow. Yeah. It feels like such a perfect fit for you because you're such a rocker girl. And I don't think people know that about you, that you have this cool. No, I don't. Did you know I had to fight for that role so hard? And it's probably the most, sadly, the most I played towards myself on stage, but I had to fight for it for about a year. I really did. (laughs) And I I don't think people know the level of a dancer you are either. Last year on the original cast of Fever Tour and Fever Broadway kind of came together in Times Square and you all performed Night Fever. And the lead, you know, the people who are normally the principal roles were just like step touching, but you were down front dancing, kicking your face. Like you are- I'm not pirouettes. I I did be in that section. <laughs> yeah, people just don't, you know, know that because they think you're this like movie girl and that you sent you have a beautiful voice and you're a good actor, but you're really you can dance. Like it's it's a really 
unbelievable yeah. skill. And, and and Mark, dance really is my first love, to be honest. I mean, like I said, on in that show, even even I admit, like I I I thought I was good until I met that cast. And and I am a good dancer. I'm, I'm solid for for Broadway. But I mean, in that show. I mean, you know, there's all those soloists that did the uh, the competition, you know, Natalie, yeah. my God, like her rubber band, Gumby, like, I mean, I mean, amazing, like Michael Balderrama. I mean, I mean, I, I'm at a whole nother level of partnering and dancers. But yeah, I, I, I do really like to dance and I like to be in there with the dancers. That was probably why I enjoyed that show so much. I mean, that was my first love since three years old. Um, so you're doing all these tours. You keep doing a ton of regional theater. Um, and then at some point you get back to teaching a little bit and you teach at Monmouth University where you filmed the Annie movie. What a weird mind bend that must have been like to be back yeah. teaching at, at Daddy Warbucks's house. Right. And actually, when you're on the, you know, the other side of it and administrative, you're not performing walking up those stairs to fill out my uh, final paperwork as this, you know, uh, theater and arts teacher uh, to walk up those same stairs that you were on with Anne Reinking to fill out paperwork and with your, you know, professional bag and your paperwork in your hand and you're not sliding down the stairs or with Sandy or with Anne, you know, running up and down really strange and your nice skirts and your heels. And like I said, your briefcase and your paperwork, <laughs> very different. Yeah. You're like, is this where you go to school or is this a train station? Um, <laughs> Annie. Exactly. Um, how cool though. I mean, it just, it feels like, you know, things are kind of meant to be the business, you know, you can't get away from it. Every single time you go to like, take a sort of teaching. Like a hiatus. Like, like maybe yes. I'll save the world with being a teacher now. That was my, that was my goal there. I've been on tour for so many years. Let's have a real life. Let's get married and let's be a teacher. That, so that was on the marriage. Let's be a teacher. Let's be normal track. And it never works. No, like Great. it always works for like two or three or four years tops. And then, yeah. and then the business <laughs> pulls you back in. Um, yeah. recently you played, uh, Lily St. Regis and Annie, uh, at Page Crisis Theater in Aspen. Um, so yes. you sort of, uh, revisiting that, we're going to talk about came full band. circle with that. Yeah, that must have been yes. a very another strange, surreal experience. You know what was the strangest about that, and I didn't know what was going to be strange about. I I always loved Bernadette Peters, as I said, and admired her, and I loved her interpretation of Lily, and even seeing her, like seeing the movie now, you know, like Christmas time, like once a year, yeah. like wow, like I just love her in that role. But what's interesting is. Um, yeah, it didn't bother me all the stuff, you know, with Rooster and everything. As a matter of fact, Paige was cracking up how much I enjoyed playing Lily and loved being a little a little hoochie. But what happened later when you have to kidnap Annie, that was the strangest thing when I met the lovely girl that was playing Annie and we started those, those scenes in rehearsals and then through the performances. Like, it's like kidnapping yourself, sort of. Like, it's like I can't explain it. Like, I was like, Oh, this is weird. But I got to the part where I had to be mean to her, and it, it, it was hard for me. I wanted to be precious to her, as you would say. Yeah, that that bothered me. Did you <laughs> yes. give her any advice of like, you know, was there any Dorothy Brock talking to Peggy Sawyer sort of advice that you were giving to this little girl playing Annie? No, and I felt like she was, she did a really great job and and like had natural gifts. So. So no, I I really didn't because I I just wanted to make sure that she felt comfortable in our scenes. Now I guess I get why people when they have to attack me in scenes or Carol <laughs> Burnett pull my arm say, "Am I pulling too hard?" I get it because I think I was doing those kinds of things with her because I had to kind of grab her and rustle her off in theater, and I get overzealous. So I think I was asking her the same questions. People, think, am, am I hurting you? Is it too much? So it's funny. I just became like all those other adults that did that to me. It's funny how it comes full circle. 
how it always how it always comes back. So you're in LA now and you are working in a very cool band. Tell me about Aileen yeah. Quinn and the Leaping Lizards. It's so exciting. You have two albums out. I think do you have a third album coming out? Tell me the whole story. I do. So the, okay, so this kind of happens out of theater as well. So God bless theater for always, you know, keeping me in action then. Um, it, it, I've heard someone else say, I think it's Cameron Mannheim, like the theater gave her wings. It's, it's so true for everything you do. It's the best training ever. So um, even for, for the band. So I'm in this apartment deciding to move to LA because now we're going to focus on TV. We're going to conquer that TV thing. So <laughs> that elusive TV. So I moved to LA and make the choice. We're just going to spend time. because That's where a lot of that is. Thank goodness there's more in New York now and really good shows, but more of it is out here. So I make the choice. I'm in my first apartment. But being that disciplined theater girl, I do my stretches and sit-ups every morning, and I vocalize in the shower. So I'm vocalizing in the shower for about a week, and this neighbor meets me at the mailbox, who's my wall neighbor. God bless her. And she goes, oh, you're my neighbor, right? You're my new neighbor next door. And I go, she goes, I've been meaning to talk to you. And I said, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I, I apologize. I know. I sing every morning. I'm so sorry. I'm a singer. She goes, I know. I think you're like a professional singer. And I said, well, those are just scales. And she goes, oh, my husband's a musician, her ex. And she said, I, that's professional. And she's like, you should meet him. And do you know about rockabilly and swing and blues? Do you know about that music? I said, kind of. I saw this special on the women of rockabilly recently. She's like, you should talk to him. And so the rest is, is history. Did that you was say, in 2011. Um, I'm, I'm Annie. Did that, did that come nope. up at all? <laughs> nope. Just that I was, I'm known in LA as a theater girl. I'm just that Broadway girl. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not when I'm auditioning, of course, so they don't want to hear that. But yeah, but yes, in, in, in no, if anybody asks like, oh, I hear you singing in your apartment. I'm always like, yep, theater yep. girl. Theater girl. <laughs> this podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply so um, tell me about the these this kind of music because you're writing some stuff. You guys are covering stuff. Tell me about the band yeah. and what's going on and what we can look forward to. Yes. Okay. So the band started after you know this initial meeting, um, you know, with her husband, and you know here we are a couple generations of the band later. So as the band in the first two years 
starts, um, it is mostly covers and we're playing a lot of, you know, um, gigs at, you know, lounges and outdoor bars and, you know, we're doing the scene, we're doing the LA music scene and it's a blast. I'm loving it because it's basically like theater, but just with only maybe six people. So smaller. So it's kind of more intimate. So I love it. They're like my friends. They're like, and, and talk about protecting my guys have my back too. I'm like my boys, as I like to say, my lizards. So it's, it's really fun. I'm enjoying what I'm doing. I'm gigging pretty much every weekend. Okay. And auditioning for film and TV during the week. So I'm loving that. And then, um, I do have a little injury with one of those shows that we discussed. And so it kind of made me sit on my booty for the first time because it had to heal, which luckily it healed very well. And I'm, I was just like jogging last night. I'm like, I'm fine. But there was a period in 2013 where I pretty much had to sit and I've, I guess I've always used dance and exercise as my release when I'm stressed. So for the first time, even though I had been writing for years and had scenes picked in college uh, for a, pl a play, Basement Drama Series, I kind of always knew I was a writer, but I didn't know that I could songwrite until I had to combine what I was doing with the band with all these thoughts that were coming into my head and being frustrated that I couldn't go out and jog or dance or whatever for six months. And thus came the first album in 2015. There came uh, Spin Me. The album Spin, Me. Spin Me. And then your second album, Lightning and Thunder, which came out in Lightning 2019. Lightning and Thunder. Because then I discovered I liked writing even more, even when I can still jog or dance. I'm still, I still like the couple hours a day I spend songwriting. So I just continued that through 2017, 2018. And now in quarantine, because the band cannot really gig yet, except for outdoors, and that's very limited. And even theater, as we all know, is unfortunately... You know, not possible either right now, at least having an audience. So it's a little frustrating. So now I'm back to writing and we're working on the third album. Don't know what this one is called yet. Not sure yet. But we're three songs in. I have a writing partner, Tom, who is very fabulous. What is the name of your next single? The one we're going to release appropriately for the month of February, besides the month of Black History, it's also the month of love. Which, as you know, I'm a love girl. Yes, <laughs> Black History and love. And that's supposed to go together, by the way. So, yes. Um, yes, for, for, the, for the love month, um, this one is called, um, it was inspired by the beginning of COVID, when I really thought the world was ending in March, as we all did. And I was like... You know those moments in life where you're not brave enough and you want to tell someone how you feel, but you don't have the guts? It's a coulda, shoulda, woulda. Well, COVID kind of brought all those things to light. Like, you know, we all really should tell each other how much we care about each other, whether it's family members or people you love or people you already are married to or, you know, your, you know, your partner. Like, you should probably tell them. Um, you should let them know. So I wrote, right, you should let them know. So I wrote a song called uh, Should Have Told You That I Loved You which was based on something very personal for me. Last year, you got to play Ramona Delaney on Will and Grace, and it was truly, Aileen, warmed my heart. It was like a hilarious sitcom appearance for you, um, where you're sort of like kind of bad girl. Um, yes. Working on Will and Grace, how wild and fun. 
I know. I mean, I had been a fan of that show. That's like one of those shows where, you know, I watch it before, uh, you know, bed in, in syndication and have watched it when it was on the air. That was actually what I watched in real time. So one, two of my go-to shows have always been, I'm one of those where I like to laugh before I go to bed. I am a TV girl, so I always watch a comedy and love comedies. So I had been a Friends fan, of course. I was late to the game for that one. And I loved Will and Grace, especially how they just took it there. And having all my boys, all my gay besties, like, of course, I love that show. I can totally <laughs> relate to that show. So I love it. Always been a huge fan. So to be on a show that you're a huge fan of already was surreal, like really surreal. I couldn't believe it when I when they told me that I, I got that part that I auditioned for. I was like, wow, this is crazy. So, yeah, you're meeting all these people that you've, like you say, you've grown up with me. Like, I've grown up with these people, and then they're there in front of you live on the set. And as amazing as you thought they were on TV, like the level of talent, just crazy. I mean, it, I always thought Megan Mullally was funny, but to meet her in person and watch her work in rehearsals, wow. <laughs> like, wow. Talking about master classes, just watching just wow. so cool. Yeah. So where do you see this like in the next sort of chapter? Do you think it's going to be more music? Do you think it's going to be more TV? Do you think we'll get you back to Broadway? Uh, would you go on tour again? Tell me what you would love to have happen in the next sort of chapter of, of the book. I love that you asked that question, Mark, and we didn't even talk about it because the answer is, and I really realized this even reflecting with you today, is all the above. I really do miss theater living in LA for like nine years now. I'm really missing theater, both seeing it and, um, and doing it. I mean, much of enjoying the band and was getting every weekend for like since pretty much 2011 before COVID hit. Uh, we are, we are a very active band in LA. And I, that just makes me want to do the whole character besides, you know, the songs that, that I wrote and covers. I really do miss theater and when it can come back safely and I, I really want to do tv so much because that would be taking a character it'd be like theater but letting the character grow so we don't just know that one story of say annette we know what happens to annette after all that happens so i love the idea of tv of course i love doing a sitcom that was uh so fast-paced and exciting love that and you know we'll be even stronger at it next time and um and I love making music, and I'm always going to write music. There's always a couple hours a day I spend on music to this day, even when COVID's not happening. I love music. I love it all. I want you to do everything. Does the uh, does the continued fan reaction to the Annie movie surprise you? Yes. Like, I've had people cry in front of me when they meet me, especially at, like, again, when we could do this, when I went to some fan conventions and they're, they're meeting me. I've had people just break down in tears, but I kind of get it now. And especially if they had children or they had maybe a tough childhood and that movie gave them confidence or spoke to them. Like I, I get it. You know, it is, I mean, it's a very personal movie and she was an orphan and you know, it's <laughs> so yeah, I guess a lot of people, it really spoke to them and that makes me happy. Yeah. It's such a, it was such a magical escape for me personally, like as a child of like divorce and that movie, I probably had one of the first VHS copies of that film. And I, you know, I watched it constantly mm. and it, it was such a great friend and babysitter. And there was so much joy that came, you know, to watch you go through that experience and, and be positive, right. you know, for, for Annie to be such a beacon of light and hope and, it really has such an right, effect. Right, like a fighter and just hanging yeah. in there, kid, it'll work out, right, that whole message. Yeah. So it, right. it truly, you wow. truly had such an impact on people and you have no idea about it, Aileen Quinn. Wow, 
Wow. You never even told me that. You even know that. I know. I, I, I try to be cool. I'm trying to be cool around you. Um, <laughs> all right. We have to do obsessed quick fire. And then I want to tell the people where they can follow you. So Aileen Quinn, what are you obsessed with right now? Oh my gosh. So many things, but, um, especially Shazam when I'm out at like the grocery stores and I hear a song I love, or I'm driving in the car, I have to know who is doing it as well as like everyone in the world in COVID Netflix, Schitt's Creek, Bridgerton and dead to me. Just love it. Upset. Oh, so amazing. I've, I've watched all three of those things. Um, <laughs> my obsessed this week is a British TV show called Back to Life. It's created by Ooh. and starring Daisy Haggard. It is a super interesting show about this 40 year old who's been in jail for the last like 22 years and her oh, sort of <laughs> reacclimating to her life in this little small seaside English town. And it is funny and heartbreaking and it's a great mystery. Wow. So check it out. It's on Hulu and it's on Showtime. So Love Back it. to Life. Let me know what you think about it. Okay. Yeah. Are you ready for the Broadway (laughs) workshop quick fire questions? (laughs) I guess I am. Yes, let's go for it. All right. What is your middle name? (laughs) That's easy. Marie, after my grandmother. Great. Your first audition song. We covered this, but remind the people. Yes, we did earlier in our discussion. Yes, it is. In fact, I'm just a girl who can't say no. (laughs) An, An amazing song for a child to sing. Absolutely. At seven years old, it's perfect choice. <laughs> when was the last time, <laughs> when was the last time you sang Tomorrow? The last time, I guess, would probably be with my band before COVID hit. So like December of 2019, 2020, because I usually sing it at the end, my own version of it now, oh, my adult it. version. I love an adult version of Tomorrow. <laughs> Who is your favorite orphan? Oh, that's tough to choose. I, I'm going to probably have to pick two on this one. I'm so indecisive. Um, I'd say Pepper and Molly for okay. two totally they're different my, reasons. They're Pepper my favorites too. You're, you picked the right one. Right? What was the first Broadway show you saw? Oh, God, that goes way back. And I was about to do the Broadway show. Then I was around eight. So that was the summer of my birthday. So I saw like back to back. I saw UB first. So UB. Oh. And then I saw Peter Pan. And then I started auditioning for the, I got the Broadway show. Oh my God. Yeah. I love it. And then you're in Peter Pan. So it's very full. Years later, who knew? Full, full circle. <laughs> if you mm-hmm. could go back in time and do one performance of anything from your career, what would it be? Well, you know, we talked about something. I loved playing Annette. So just for, for fun and for me, you know, selfishly, Annette. Okay. Um, but probably for, you know, career, Molly Brown, because I was young when I played it. Oh I my God, you'd be so in good that. in that. Yeah, it was a good role for me. Yep. What do you want on your bagel? Oh, that's easy. Uh, uh, we call it chive cream cheese. Got to have all that, you know, garlicky, oniony, yumminess. Delicious. <laughs> have you ever seen Annie, a royal adventure starring Joan Collins? No, and I love her. I have never seen that, but I've heard about it recently. No. It is so weird. You have to check it out. It's like basically Annie stops uh, someone from bombing the um, like House of Parliament, like something insane. Um, oh, my gosh. Really, okay. It's really fun. Okay. Your favorite <laughs> talk show appearance. Ooh, okay. Now, this is going to be not quite a quick five, but I'll try to keep it brief. Um, I love being interviewed by two fierce women, uh, Katie Couric and Meredith Sierra. However, I did a really fun interview in the 80s after Annie to promote it in Amsterdam, where they like threw stuffed animals at me and did all these fun stunts besides the interview and gave me the big goat to keep because Leap and Lizards translate, translated in Dutch is screaming goat. 
Oh my God, screaming goat. That is brilliant. I think it's called like the Hill of the Heighten. I think that's how you say it. The Hill of the Heighten. Something like that. Please correct me, Dusty. <laughs> um, what is your strangest fan interaction? Ooh, not so much with the fans. They're pretty good. I mean, it is strange when someone cries when they meet you, but I understand because I get emotional with some stars too. So I get that. But probably the bra. I didn't sign it on the person, but I signed a female bra. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, I'm looking out for that Annie tattoo that I know someone has uh, for you, like on their person. Yes, I, th- I actually, someone emailed me recently, Mark, as a matter of fact, like this past week, seriously, I think someone did. And I asked her to send me a picture. Yes. Oh my God. All right. Send it to me when you get it. What is your go-to album for a car trip? Oh, that's easy. I do it all the time. You might drive to Palm Springs. Now. Oh my gosh. Aretha Franklin's uh, greatest hit, and I try to be her fiercest backup singer. Okay, <laughs> that is something I have to see. Um, what do they let you? What do they let you keep from the Annie movie? Oh, they let me keep the uh, the dresses, especially that beautiful red dress with the uh, the pearls. That, those are real, I believe, pearls uh, sewn on there on top, and a few other dresses, and one of the wigs, the human hair wigs. Oh. My mom has those. And you had to dye your hair underneath that wig. So you had red hair. I on sure did. Strawberry blonde. And I am a, you know, sorry to burst the bubble brunette. <laughs> well, we don't see <laughs> it that way. Um, what is the worst? This is a crazy question. What is the worst audition you can remember? Ooh, the worst. Um, you know what? Because it, it, of course you block out your bad auditions. But what I remember that was like funny worst was me trying to prove that I could roller skate for Starlight Express for that, you know, waitress role. And I'd only had like one lesson at a local skating rink in between callbacks. And they said, well, show us your skating. And I just like bent down. I did like three moves that were so simple. I'm like, well, there you have it. And they're like, yes, thank you. <laughs> oh my God. That is, I did not get that. That is my favorite. Okay. Um, <laughs> where am I? I want blank movie to be a musical. Oh, okay. Well, um, okay. This is crazy. I, I, they probably have done this. I feel like I've, I've lost a little touch here the past year or so. Have they done Working Girl yet? Because if they had, no, but they're that's working on. Comes to mind. It, it's supposed to happen. Like that is something oh, that's seriously? in the works. Yes. Oh, I love that movie. My friend gave me that. One of my besties gave me that. So I love that. And for something strange, this would be a crazy idea. And you better cast me in it as either Clarice or the girl in the well. If they haven't done this and I give a producer an idea right now, you better cast me in it. Silence of the Lambs. So, well, they, I think <laughs> they not? did like a, a mock Silence of the Lamb musical, but maybe, it, maybe it was like a joke. It was like a campy sort of. Oh, um, well, how about if we don't be campy and we do it really dramatically? All right. I'm into it. <laughs> Might be too crazy. Might be too okay. crazy. What song do you want to duet with Patti Lapone on? The Queen Patti Lapone. Yes, the queen, absolutely. And she played one of my favorite roles. Yes, Vivita. So, yes, um, for Patty, I mean, anything she wants to do, but if it was like one of my band songs, I mean, I love uh, The Doctor Is In. I feel like she and I could sass it up. Or, oh, I know, I know. Um, also from that Broadway show from years ago, um, Closer, Closer Than Ever, um, it is, it's never that easy. Oh my God, um, yes. I've been here before. Been here before. That would actually yes. be good with us. I feel like we could both sink our teeth into that. Yeah. All right. Let's, I'll done. make it happen. Can you happen. name two real housewives? No, but the only one I sort of know now that I'm living in LA for now is, um, 
of a restaurant in West Hollywood, uh, Vanderpump. Lisa, Lisa Vanderpump. So, yes. Yeah. Course. That's the only one I kind of know because she has a nice, really nice restaurant. It's fine. You're <laughs> not, you're not a garbage person and you don't watch the housewives like I do. Who, who was <laughs> your first celebrity crush? Oh, that's easy. That was, uh, Ralph Macchio. I like my Italian and I got to meet him at an autograph signing together. It was awesome. I love it. <laughs> um, Okay, name a musical you're okay with never seeing again. You know, I always feel like in every musical, I'm not just being politically correct, that there's always some redeeming quality. If it's not the writing, you know, the script, if the script is crap, the music is good or the dancing, or I like a, a leading lady or a leading man. So there's always something. All right. That was a very... <laughs> That was a very Annie answer. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was, but it's true. I love musical. Yeah. What role would you like to play in the next 10 years that you have not played yet? Oh, well, that goes back to Patty LuPone. So jealous she got to play. Evita. Definitely Evita. And maybe Miss Honey and Matilda. That would oh, be a good role for me, too. You know, I want to see you play Miss Honey and Matilda. That okay. Would be like, my best friend does, too. Christine, that's, that's her recommendation for me. So there you go. She's done this for five years. Right. There you go. How often do you get recognized? Um, you know, people feel like they know me. Like when I go shopping in the grocery stores I speak of, I get a lot of sometimes, even even now, many years later, do I know you? Did you go to like university together? Did you date my brother? <laughs> those kind of weird, familiar, like they know me. And I always say, yes, I do have one of those faces. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If you can go back in time and see any Broadway show any year, what would it be? Ooh, there were two that I just loved seeing. They're just such a perfect package show. Uh, I think it's one of your faves too. Of course, Wicked, and definitely also also Hairspray. That was so well done. Both oh my of those. god, that original cast of Hairspray! Like nothing was as good as that. Yes, that I thought I thought both both originals of both, and I just I adored them both. So Amazing. Good. Who makes yep. you starstruck? Ooh, well, I I do get kind of. Um, you know, quiet when I meet uh, celebs, but probably it would be um, like maybe, maybe it wouldn't be an act- actor and actress, actually, even though I love Meryl Streep and I'd probably get a little speechless with her <laughs> like I am now, but Shonda Rhimes, because I watch all of her shows religiously for years. So yes. if I actually like ran into her at a Starbucks or had an audition for her, I'd have to take a moment to take a breath. Cause I, I love her. I mean, she's amazing. She does it all. I love it. She is pretty incredible. Have you ever seen a ghost? <laughs> yes i i know that you know probably people think like actresses or actors are freaks when they say this but i ha- i haven't seen one but i felt one recently. i believe it. i know that sounds weird no, it and because i believe in like the different planes of like existence i feel like we're here and there and if you're very intuitive like i am you sense things so definitely a feeling and, and a ghost gave me an answer to a question so i know that sounds crazy but if i start seeing them then i'm really gonna freak out okay ghost <laughs> do not show yourself to aileen anytime soon have Please you not. ever left a show at intermission no because again i you're like a good shows, person. So I, because I want to see what happens in the second part. I know, but you didn't bad, see Amazing act, Grace on Broadway. If you had seen Amazing Grace and you made it through both acts, then... Uh, I did not. No, I honestly okay. did not see that. Okay. But you know what I mean? Like, you want to see if the second act gets better. I know, Maybe. I know. Maybe. <laughs> what movie Maybe. can you watch over and over again? Ooh, okay. That's a, like a triple or quadruple answer. Okay, definitely, um, you know, even though my mom doesn't get it. Uh, Gladiator. 
you know, just so like, you know, hero, hero story, um, pretty woman, just classic. Um, so many dating tips in there in a, in a weird way. Um, and I also, of course, the karate kid for Ralph, of course, karate kid. And Mr. Miyagi was like, brilliant. You should just follow all of his life rules and you'll be fine. And recently the proposal with Sandra Bullock, that movie's been cracking me up. All right. I love all those. And my <laughs> last question is what advice do you have for young performers? Mm. Uh, for young performers, number one, love what you do, whether it's singing, dancing, and acting, or all three of those in combo like myself. Just love it because, you know, the business is going to have its ups and downs, and sometimes you're going to get roles that you want and sometimes you aren't. So you have to just really love it. And I guess have like a thick skin, too, and, and confidence because, yeah, you'll constantly be tested and auditioning. So just first of all, number one, love it and not want to do anything else. That's number one. And then I would say to get some training, especially dance and voice right away. If you do want to do eight shows a week and do Broadway. And then, um, you know, maybe the acting comes like a little bit later when you're like 11 or 12. Um, and obviously as when you're young, do lots of shows and grow in characters and explore. So yeah, training that. and love it. Aileen Quinn, tell the people where they can find out what you're doing and where your band is and what's happening. Yes. So uh, the band is, is pretty active. I know COVID hit, but we were very active performing every weekend in Los You're Angeles. You're performing. I tour. see you on Facebook. You're busy. Well, yes, that's, tr that's true. We are donating to Feeding America. That is true. And we are very active on Facebook Live. That's correct, Mark. Thank you for saying that. That's true. But you know what I mean. We play clubs every weekend. So where they can find anything happening, Facebook Live, etc., is on our Aileen Quinn and the Lee Pin, no G, Lee Pin Lizards uh, Facebook as well as by merch, these albums. We have two albums and these two t-shirts, etc. And that's on Aileen Quinn and the LeapinLizards.com. And of course, Instagram. And the music, pretty much everywhere. Music is streaming, Amazon Spotify, music, iTunes, iTunes, Spotify. Everywhere. Yes, etc. Well, yes, and of course, wait. there's my Aileen Quinn. Don't forget, Mark. There's my Aileen oh, Quinn. Oh, your personal um, Aileen Quinn. Personal Instagram and, and Twitter, which I'm going to get better about. I know I haven't been tweeting Please. a lot, but I'm, I'm going to work wanna, on that. We want to hear from you. Get that Instagram fiery because people love you. You know. Okay, I, I'll get fiery. <laughs> I'm so thankful you took the time today to chat with me about your career. Uh, again, I can't tell you what it means to me. It's been such a joy to get to know you these last like, 10 years. And uh, of course, always hear I know. stories. And I love you and I appreciate you. So everyone out there, follow Aileen Quinn and the Leapin' Lizard. See what they're doing. We can't wait to see you back on TV and hopefully back on Broadway and all of the things. So thank you, Aileen. Yes, and I look also you. in the next year. Mark, I have one more thing. Yeah. There probably will be a book coming out next year for the 40th anniversary, so look for that as well. Oh, well, you know. Working I'll on be, that now. I'll be the first one to buy it. And if all of you at <laughs> home are loving the Little Me Podcast, please follow us at Little Me Podcast on Instagram to see what's going on. And we'll be back next week with an all new episode celebrating our one year anniversary. So Yay. thank you, Aileen. I love you. I will see you soon. And thank you all for listening. Bye. Bye. <laughs> thank you, listeners. This podcast is produced by Alan Seals, Dory Berenstein, and the Broadway Podcast Network, and edited by Derek Gunther. For more information on the Little Me podcast, go to bpn.fm slash littleme. And follow me on Instagram at Mark Tuminelli or on Twitter at That Tuminelli. And for more information on workshops, classes, and everything Broadway Workshop, go to broadwayworkshop.com. Thank you for listening. 
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.